you have your Bibles or your phone or your tablet, you can turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. And, and, you know, as I was just praying and asking for the Lord's leading for tonight, you know, this is maybe, I don't know, not a typical message that you would hear on uh, the night of baptism, but I think it applies. I just feel like, uh, I mean, of course, the word of God always applies, and I'm going to tie it in if you're not familiar with, uh, you know, biblical baptism, and I'm going to talk about that at the end. Uh, but I just felt like uh, the Lord wanted me to share this tonight. Uh, and it's in Revelation chapter 3, and I'm going to begin in verse 1. Revelation 3, verse 1, the last book of the Bible, third chapter in verse 1 says this, Write this to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do. This is speaking of Jesus. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and first heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Come on, let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is always on time. Lord God, that you always have something that you want to say to us. So Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, open up our hearts, open up our spirits, our minds, and our ears to hear what it is that you have to say to us, to the, to, to, to the church today, to your people, to those that are seeking and, and, and searching you out. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us clearly. Holy Spirit, help me as I present your word and give us the grace and the strength to live it out, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sardis here, as, as, as this was in the book of Revelation, the, the John was writing when he was hearing from Jesus to the, what's called the, the, the seven churches at the time. They all represent, they were actual churches at the time and represent churches throughout the age as we go. And Sardis was a, a dead church in the ancient capital of a kingdom uh, of the kingdom of Lydia, whose king issued the first gold coins. He was noted in history uh, for his great wealth. Here, Sardis represents a decadent city of luxury, apathy, and religiosity. The church of Sardis also represents the church just prior to the Protestant Reformation. So the reason Jesus said they were dead, what does he mean by dead? The reason Jesus said they were dead was because their church had turned into a place of religious routines instead of a place to deepen their relationship with God. So when you see that, that he says the church is dead, what he means was he didn't mean the people were literally dead or anything. He was saying that the church had become uh, religious routines and just a, a routine of going through the motions instead of actually deepening in our relationship, their relationship with God. Uh, this is actually later in, as it represents, was the reason why Martin Luther started what's known as the Protestant Reformation, because he felt like the church at that time had just become religiosity and apathy. And as Martin Luther began to dig, dive into the Bible, uh, he, he started with what we know as the Protestant Reformation. So tonight, I want to just spend a few minutes before we baptize to share with you the name of the message tonight is to rely on relationship rather than religion. Rely on relationship rather 
than religion. We say that often, you know, kind of as we're preaching messages to whatever one of our us pastors, Pastor Todd, are preaching. You often hear and talk about that and kind of say it in a passing way. So I just felt like I needed to spend time in the message tonight to, to talk about this specifically, looking at what Jesus was talking about in, in the church of Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. So you might be thinking, well, Brandon, most of us in here, uh, we're, we're Protestants, so how does this apply to us? Well, any church activity... In, whether it's in any denomination or non-denominational church, just like us or any church, can turn into dead religious actions. Anything, even baptism. Now, it's great. I believe these that are getting baptized tonight, I believe they have a heart to serve the Lord and they're going to they're gonna show their, their fervence for the Lord. But anything, whether it's baptism, Sunday we had communion. Communion, baptism, praise and worship, prayer, coming to church, reading our Bible, all of those things are all great and we should do those things. But the motive behind it or, or, or the reasoning behind it can turn into religious routines rather than uh, actively, wholeheartedly pursuing a relationship with Christ. Are y'all tracking with me so far? You know, especially those of you that maybe grew up in the church or those of us that have been in church a long time. And that's what I want to try to encourage y'all. For some of us, you, we might think we're doing good, but I want you to just kind of maybe examine yourself tonight. Examine your heart on where you're at and what you've been doing. Even going through the motions. How, how, do you feel like you're doing it in a way that's honestly, wholeheartedly pursuing the Lord to try to grow in your faith? Or are you doing it just because this is what we do as Christians? I want you to ask yourself that question. And you might be good. You might be fine. But I just felt like I needed to ask that because I myself, and I'm going to share in a minute, have, even as a pastor working at church, have fallen to what I'm just like, man, I'm just going through the motions. And, and I'm doing this because I know this is what I'm supposed to do. But it's good to be able to check ourselves and say, hey, Lord, am I, am, am I doing this with a pure motive? Am I growing? Am I, am I experiencing you in a greater way? You might come to church uh, out of routine or because you know it's the right thing to do. And it looks like you're doing well, but there's no life-giving relationship. So I just wanted you to ask yourself that question. Is my relationship, not my church attendance, not my Bible reading time, not the, my prayer time, how long I've been, is my relationship with the Lord producing some kind of life in me? Some kind of what the Bible calls fruit. Or is there something where I sense that I'm, I'm drawing closer to the Lord? Just as Hannah mentioned about that, that's where it's at about having this relationship with the Lord, connecting with the Lord. Like she said, I, I, that I love when the Lord does that. It was, it was a little preview of the message. Like you said, it's not about how loud or how good we can sing. Praise God. It's not about that because I would fall short every time. Can somebody help me out with that? Right? I would, you know, I'm glad it's not about, I'm glad it's not that I, you know, have to be the most eloquent when it comes to praying, because uh, I, I always butcher words, I don't pronounce words well, I'm glad, you know, I don't have to, to pray the, the smartest or biggest words or know all the scripture, no, it's about a heart condition, right? That's what Hannah was just saying. It's about our heart and just opening our hearts to connect with the Lord. So I just want us to all kind of take a little inventory tonight. And Jesus gave us three instructions in these few verses for those who are on the verge of religious ruin. Number one, when he says the first thing, if that's the case and we feel like we're just in a routine, going through the motions, there's no life. We feel like we're in a rut. We feel like we're stuck. The first thing he says is to do is to wake up. Wake up. And, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, you know, look at Revelations 3, 2. Wake up, he says, strengthen with little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. 
I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. I just had this thought. For those of you that are married or, or just if you've ever, you know, got a roommate, if you ever, you ever felt falling asleep around someone like this happens often, like where my wife, I'm just falling asleep where I don't think, I think I'm just laying down in bed and I close my eyes and I feel like I'm, st- I'm not even sleeping. I feel like I'm still thinking about my dare something. And my wife will shove me and say, Hey baby, turn over your snore. And I'm like, I wasn't even sleeping. She was like, you're snoring. I know you were sleeping. You were snoring. But you see, to me, my mind was still going, I didn't realize I was sleeping. I didn't realize it. I dozed off and I never realized it. Spiritually, the same thing can happen. You see, we can fall asleep as what Jesus said, and we don't even know it. He said, wake up. Just like me when I, 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 I'm sleeping and I'm snoring and my wife has to wake me up and I don't know it. Spiritually, the same thing can happen. Because, you know, just like me, I'm thinking about my day or thinking about stuff, but I've already dozed off. We can be thinking we're doing all the right things and we think that it's right and it looks good, but inside we may be sleeping. So be careful. Do not be lulled to sleep. I, get, I just want to give you a couple examples about being lulled to sleep. One, and it's hard, especially, you know, God pours out all kind of blessings on us. But be careful not to be lulled to sleep by blessings, like material things. Remember that Sardis was known to be a very rich city. So I think that had something to do with, with that church falling asleep spiritually was because they had great wealth. Remember, the, the, the king was the first one to distribute uh, what was known as gold coins. So part of that church had at one time had, had turned their lives to Jesus, knew Jesus, but they were very wealthy. They had a lot of material things. And part of that, they got lulled to sleep. So be careful. God wants to bless us, but we got to be careful Whenever we get blessed in whatever way it may be, financially or materially, even like I said, sometimes it's a relationship. I was talking to a guy the other day and he was saying, talking about how uh, he felt like, you know, and I've seen it both ways where, you know, his wife was putting him before God and vice versa. And there was in this thing where you can put a relationship before the Lord and get law to sleep spiritually by something that you focused on more than God. Second one to be law to sleep is a good reputation. Remember, it might look like we're doing all the right things. But again, how's your relationship? What's your heart condition? You remember Jesus said, I see all the things you're doing, but you're really dead. Right? I know, I know this is not the most encouraging message. So it's all right. I brought my own amen tonight. So you don't, it's okay. But, you know, we can be doing the right things, but Jesus said that, that you spiritually, you're dying inside. Look at what it says in Psalm 24, 3 and 5. It says this, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Now, listen to what this last part says. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have what? A right relationship. With God, their Savior. So that's speaking a lot about, about sin and, and, and apathy and getting distracted. Those that have pure hearts, clean hands and a pure heart, those will have the right relationship with God. You notice that, that the psalmist didn't talk about religion or how much they went to the temple. He said, no, those would have a right relationship with the Lord. See, a lot of times, if it's not material things or because of what we think we're doing, it's just straight up apathy. We can be lulled to sleep because of apathy. The, the definition of apathy is absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. A lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. 
You know, that's kind of a little litmus test. If, of, of the things of the Lord don't get you excited like they used to, that's a sign of apathy. I'm going to just go out and say this. If, if, if you used to love worship, but when you come to church, you're thinking like, man, when is, when is this music part going to be over? You know, that's, or you see people getting excited or maybe crying or like when Hannah started crying, that blesses me. I knew the Lord was doing something. It's like, man, it don't matter if the, we, they, we don't have vocals the rest, of the rest of the time. I'm so glad she shared that. You can tell the Lord was doing something, right? The Lord was moving. It, I mean, it, it moved me, and I'm just like, man, it, you can sense God doing something. If those things don't excite you or move you, it may be apathy setting in, right? Or somebody, you know, hearing the word of God preached or, or, or whatever the case may be, hearing a great, a great story or testimony about the Lord, you know, again, it's an absence or a suppression of passion or emotion or excitement. Remember also, remember Sardis represents luxury, apathy, and religiosity. So we need to, if you feel like you're getting low to sleep, come on, let's set the spiritual alarm clock. I hope this message tonight is like a spiritual alarm clock to wake you up. Amen. Number two, he says, go back to what you first believed. Go back to what you first believed. Look at Revelation 3, 3. Go back to what you heard and believed at first, and I love this, and hold to it firmly. Amen. Go back to what you first believed and hold to it firmly. You know, if you've been born again, you know how it was whenever you first got saved, right? You know, again, Wednesday nights are always special to me because those of y'all have been here a while, I know we have some guests. This is very special because I got I, I got radically saved. I got born again on a Wednesday night service like tonight, I, literally right here. I can point to the spot. You've seen me do it. I literally was sitting back there by Miss Clyde and Miss Clovey on the side of the sound booth. I walked down this aisle and right here on this very spot, my life radically changed. And so Wednesday nights are, I mean, I can remember that. I remember that night. I remember where the, the guy, well, the, 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 the scripture reference, Acts chapter 7. I remember how he did the, the invitation to come to Christ. He said, what are you waiting for? And where I was at. And I can remember those early days. I can remember getting filled with the spirit on a Wednesday night upstairs. We having service up there. My baptism, as I was talking about, all those things like songs. I was listening to a worship song over the weekend. It was a song I used to worship to way back then. And I just, man, I remember, I just call it my honeymoon with the Lord, right? Where everything's just new and fresh and like everything you read in the Bible is just like, whoa, oh my goodness. I've never saw that before. And you know, every worship song makes you want to cry. Do y'all understand what I'm talking about? Have y'all been there at some point where just everything is so moving? And I would love to tell you that it stayed the same that way for this last 15 years, but I'd be lying to you. It hasn't. And you know, the irony in it is that I came into ministry fairly early in my Christian walk. And when I came into ministry is when what I'm talking about tonight happened to me. And you would think, man, I'm in ministry now. I actually work at a church. I'm here all the time. You would think that my, my spiritual life would just soared. And at times it has. But you know, at, at some points, my prayer time and my relationship with the Lord, everything was all about, you know, what I did. It, it got confused with not no more who I was as a son. Found out that when God saved me, I talked about this Sunday and adopted me. Now I'm a son of God and, and I, I was his son. And I just love being with the Lord and worshiping the Lord and being in relationship because I knew he loved me and he died for me. And I didn't have to do anything but trust him. When I came into ministry, man, that kind of got a little, uh, it got a little foggy and a little cloudy. And the waters got a little murky because, again, my prayer time was about, Lord, I need this. I'm, I'm doing this. I need your help with this. I need your wisdom on this this decision and that decision I don't really know what I'm doing and, and you know so 
man, when I get to those points, I would pray this. And whenever Jesus said, go back to your first love. And I was like, man, going back to, okay, how was it? Why, what, what was I doing when I first came to know Jesus? Man, I was just spending time with him because I wanted to, not because I needed anything. And you see, what we do is based on what we believe, right? What we do and how our heart is is based on what we believe. He says, so go back to what you first heard and first believe. Look at 2 John 1.19. It says, anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both God, with both the Father and the Son. And basically, when I read that, the teaching that, you know what, we are sons and daughters of the Lord, that we are his children, that he loves us, he saves us, and we don't have to do anything else besides that to be in a relationship with him. So we need to hold firmly to this relationship. And again, this is faith-based and not deeds-based. Remember, he said, I know what you do, but it's not about what we do. It's about just a faith and a trust in him. Romans 4.13 says this. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants were based not on his obedience to God's law, but on what? A right relationship with God that comes by faith. Everything that God does for us and through us is based on our relationship with that. You see that? All of God, God's promise to the whole earth through Abraham and his descendants was based on a relationship with God. Right? Y'all still with me? All right. And the third and final thing as, as, as we wrap it up is that if you feel like you've, you've been apathetic or maybe been getting lulled to sleep spiritually, Jesus says to repent and return. Look at verse 3. He says that, repent and turn to me again. You know, once you realize maybe that you're in an apathetic routine, repent and and return to a relationship-based walk with the Lord. I love this scripture in Acts 3, 19 and 20. It says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. See, Something happens whenever we repent and turn back to the Lord. The Bible says that it refreshes our relationship with him. It's kind of like those of us that are married. If you're married, if you get stale in your marriage or things, you know, you've been busy or things have been, you know, uh, getting in the way or you've been getting distracted. Isn't it good to just like get away with your spouse and maybe go on a date or maybe go on a little trip or something like that? And you just, you know, you leave all the work and the kids and all the troubles and things behind and you just go have fun. And isn't it just a refreshing time, right? You know, or even just a friend of you, if you're not married, you think about just a good friend of yours and y'all both been working and busy and everything and you might just go get away on a trip. Man, it's just you get refreshed individually and your relationship gets refreshed. Well, the Bible says that's what happens when we repent and repent means to rethink. It means to turn around. And in this case, he said, that's why he says to repent, which means to turn away from where we were going and turn back to him. So when we repent and turn back to him, we get refreshed in our relationship. Now. In Revelation 3 and 4, I didn't read this yet. He did say this. And again, that's why I was encouraging you all at the beginning. It says, Revelation 3, 4 says, Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Now, Jesus said there that there were some that was still in a right relationship. Because some of this, what he's talking about there is those that haven't soiled their, their, uh, their, their clothes symbolically with sin. 
And again, apathetic and doing different things. Or maybe that's why the, we've become spiritually dead. Our relationships have been hindered. It's because we've allowed some kind of a sin in our life. Something that, that, that uh, God calls sin. Something that's against the will of the Lord. But he said that's not all of you. And I know that some of you in here tonight, some of you are not apathetic or not spiritually dead. You're walking with the Lord. And I want to encourage you. That's great. Keep on. Keep, keep going with the pure, unadulterated relationship with the Lord. But there might be others in here that are not. Are you relying on a relationship by faith with Jesus? You might be spiritual in here. You might have spiritual background. You might, maybe you don't attend this church. I know some guests here that I've met that, that maybe don't attend. Maybe you go to other churches. But are you related, re, re, relying on faith in Jesus alone? A relationship with the Lord Jesus alone? Uh, are you depending on your church attendance and good behavior to keep you in right standing with the Lord. Maybe you've actually never truly started a relationship with Christ. Or maybe at one time you were alive in Christ, but now you feel that you may be spiritually dead inside or that you're dying, that you're falling asleep. Maybe you didn't realize until tonight that you've just been going through the motions. You know, if, if any of these describe you, I want to take a few minutes right now just to pray. So do me a favor, if you would, if everybody would just bow your head and just just close your eyes. Like I said, and hey, look, let's take some inventory. As I was preparing this message, I, I, I was taking inventory, and I, then I started praying about it after, before service. And you just be, just just begin to, uh, to ask, ask the Lord right now. Just begin to think, where are you at right now? Maybe, maybe you've never actually started a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never repented. It says to repent and turn back to God. Repent means to, again, rethink, turn away. It means to ask God to forgive you of your sins and then to believe in him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That word believe means to trust, like you would trust in a parachute if you're jumping out of a plane. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm right with God. I, I want to start a relationship with the Lord today. I, yeah, maybe I've gone to church or been going to church, but I don't know. If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I, if I would die today, if this was my last day on the earth, where would I spend eternity? The Bible says it's either heaven or hell, but Jesus made a way. He paid the price that we didn't have to spend eternity separated. So if that's you and you just say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God, but I need to get right. Nobody's looking around. I need to start a relationship with the Lord. I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. If that's, if that's you right now. You say, Brandon, I just, I, I want to give my life. I see your hand right here, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. See hands going up now all over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you all for being bold and, and being honest. I see your hand over here, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, we want to pray for you. I see your hand, ma'am. Praise God. We want to pray together. We want to pray together. Thank you all for being honest and being bold. Like I said, I did the same thing 15 years ago. And I'm just going to, we'll pray with you right there in your seat. So as, as the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved. So, so we're all going to pray this prayer with you. If, you, if you. if you lifted your hand and in faith, you're trusting Jesus. I want you to just pray this out loud with me. And we're all going to pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that you died for me. I know you took my place. Lord, I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I pray that you would help me, Lord. Help me to live for you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Lord, give me the grace 
Give me the strength to focus on you and my relationship with you all the days of my life. I turn away from religion and I turn to relationships with you and you alone, Lord. Thank you for saving me and thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them all a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, that's awesome. Hey, listen, we we are so excited uh, that you made a decision tonight. If, if you did make that decision, there's a card in the pew right in front of you, and, and, and we'll be here for another few minutes. So do me a favor right now. If you don't mind, take this card out. It says, I made a decision, and fill that card out for me. Uh, and Fill it out, and on your way out, you can you can either give it to one of us at the, at the altar here, or you can drop it off to the info center in the lobby. So, hey, listen. Praise the Lord. We're so excited about all these that have just given their life to Christ. And we're about to baptize a few, but I want to just share, and just in case you're not familiar what, what baptism is and why we baptize the way we do. In Luke 3, 3, it says this, John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, river, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. So you see, what you just did, what you just prayed, you repented of your sins, you turned to God and asked him to forgive you. And when you did that, God forgave you. Now, the next thing he says that you should get baptized. So I know these that are already in the blue shirts that have signed up, they've done that already, right? They've already, look, you know, they're excited about that. So I want to encourage you, if you literally, if you just prayed with this and you just gave your life to Christ, we actually have shirts and shorts and extra towels. You can actually be baptized tonight as well. If you'd like to do that, you know, you can come talk to Pastor Kelly or Pastor Rob and they'll get you information. And, and, and we'd, love, we'd love to baptize you tonight as well because that's biblically, it says that's what we should do. When we repent of our sins and, and turn to God, we get baptized to show that we do that. It makes it very clear. Another reason we get baptized is because, you know, Jesus gave the example. Christian means to be Christ-like. Jesus gave us the example. Mark 1, 9 says, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. We also see all through Acts, people getting baptized in the New Testament church. You see, baptism is a symbolic, is symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And it's also true for us spiritually. Romans 6, 4 says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. You see, baptism shows the world that just as Jesus died and was buried and rose again, our old self dies. It's symbolic. Our old self dies, our past is buried, and we have been born again and raised to new life in Christ. That's the symbolism of baptism. And that word baptism in the Bible means to be immersed. It means to be totally immersed in the water. Some call it symbolic of the watery grave. Again, you're, you, you go under symbolic that you've died to your old self and your past has, has, is gone and you're raising up uh, in Christ to new life. So we're excited for all of these. So we're going to go ahead and get started.